You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. All right, everybody. Welcome to 3DM's podcast. But first, I need all of my co-hosts to just scooch to the right. Yeah, yeah. You scooch to the right just a little more. Clint, better. hold where, where you can. Paul, give me a bit more space. Um, and can't really go any further, I'm afraid. There we go. And, okay, you know what? I'm just... Wheel and frame. I'm, 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 I'm the disembodied voice today. I am not going to squeeze in okay, well, this difficult. Yeah, no, you go, guys. Ahead, go ahead. Squeeze, squeeze in. I'm I can be the disembodied voice. I reserve voice. the right to put my hand on my boyfriend's knee. Okay. Okay, well... Uh, Anyways, welcome to episode 12. Happy 2018, everybody. Doo-doo. Doo-doo. We, we survived. Yeah, we did it. I already messed up 2018, though. 2019 is my year for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, 2017 was personally adequate and internationally disastrous. But. Yeah. Well, we'll see about yeah. that. So, um, I'm going to actually turn down my mic really quick. Yeah, actually, just turn down all our headphones. Just turn down all of us a little bit, or the headphones at least, because it just got a little hot. Um, okay, so, guys. Before we get going, uh, we got a big show today. We're going to start our world building si- series. We have a cute name for it. What's the name for it, guys? New, new Year, New World. There you go. That's adorable. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about world building for most of the month of January. Um, but before we dive into that, because we're just we're going to be starting from nothing today here, um, we want to talk about our giveaway. We are doing a giveaway once we get to 500 likes on our Facebook page. Uh, when we get to 500 likes on the 3DM's podcast Facebook page, uh, we are going to give away two books to two random listeners. Uh, anybody who's liked our page since the beginning is eligible to win, except for us. Obviously. Yeah. Oh, wow. I won my own uh, contest. How lucky am I? That joke has been going for three weeks now, Paul. I know. Oh, yes. Still, it's still pretty Got to put it out to pasture. So. Come on, guys. got to give it away. <laughs> you know I'm good for it. <laughs> oh, God. No, not more giving away. Okay. So <laughs> to win, all you got to do, go to our Facebook page, like our stuff. Um, we'll mention this a couple more times as we dive into the show. But let's get into the topic at hand today. Let's just Perfect. jump right in. Yep. World building. So. A tricky topic. Yeah. So yes. when everybody begins DMing. Um, there's two paths you can go. You can run official content, which is perfectly fine. I'm not going to bash on anybody who just runs stuff straight out of books because those are professional writers who are writing. Yeah, those are professional writers. And there's a reason why it's published. We're just the jerks who sit there and go, I can do it better. (laughs) I want more. JK Rowling doesn't know how to write a darn thing. I'm a much better creator. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) That's a hot take for another podcast, darling. (laughs) That's me. That's me being a jerk. But um, no, not for. But for real though, like you know, if you want to just run stuff out of books, that's fine. But 
for me, a lot of fun with the hobby, and I'm pretty sure I speak for uh, YouTube blokes at the other end as oh, well. Yeah. Um, actually creating your own setting is half the fun. You know, the other the other half is obviously doing the actual DMing bit, but, you know, the sitting down and just, you know, making stuff and creating content for your world is neat. It's okay. a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, I, do that it's, a lot. I did that a lot in creative writing and so on. And even as a not as a dungeon master, but as a player, it's a lot of fun to think about. And also when you're creating your character, it's interesting to keep in mind. Because as we're going to come back to you time and time again, one of the golden rules of world building is let your players do the legwork. Oh, yeah. What were you going to say, Clint? Sorry about that. No, I was Sorry, just, I, I was just going to say like you know at first like I, I felt like it was a really daunting task when I sat down to start uh building my world and then I made a basic outline and then just like Helen was about to say just like let your players help you out. Yeah, where are you from? New yeah. Elfington? Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> ask, Tell me about your town. Ask your players to come up with where they, father, where they come you? from and yeah. things like that. All right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I just kind of jumped the gun and dove right in, but so let's let's start from the very top. Yep. Uh, Which is Paul's recommendation. Yes. We'll we'll get to that in a moment. Is we Methods. each have a different Paul, method of all of us. All of us have stated our opinion on like world building. You didn't really say much. What's what's your what's your stance on it? Did oh Jake knows me and world building have a long and torrid love affair. Torrid love affair. Torrid. Let's go with that. Um, you know there are times where they hold each other gently and they just go I love you. And then there are times where it's Leave my house. Never return. <laughs> I hate you. He, he's seen Your my, shit's on the front porch. <laughs> he's seen my setting doc. It's like 150 pages. Oh, uh, wow. Um, Mine's a half a page, if that. <laughs> it's mostly just up here. Uh, world building is essential because, yeah. I mean, there's, there's something to be said for improvisation. There's a topic for another podcast. But it's hard to improv in a way that doesn't come off as either tacky or slow unless you know what you're improving off of. Yeah, having having just sort of an outline again. Yeah, so I personally, world building is – I'm not going to say it's the most important because the most important is learning how to play with your individual group. But it's definitely the second most important part of game mastering with the third one being slightly below that is um, ability to agitate rules. And the fourth one is actual rules knowledge. <laughs> right. No. So, yeah, no, because you don't need to know the rules to play D&D. You can just be like, uh, yeah, would you roll a no, 16? A, a 16? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it hits. Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll work. work. Yeah. But, um, so, let's... And then sometimes you roll a 19 and you still tell them that they miss. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you make them Clint, afraid. That's the secrets. So, guys, <laughs> um, as we, as we did in the last show of 2017, we all drew out of a hat. We all picked little bits of a world we're going to work on. Um, but before we start sharing all that stuff, because obviously, you know, it's like, we had one week. We all have jobs and other full-time stuff we do, so we couldn't just, you know, hey, guys, we just whooped up like a, you know, incredibly deep setting in one week. Right. We, we've done our best, um, so to speak. But we're going to we're gonna go from the very top. So let's start with uh, the key tenets of world building. What are – let's try to boil it down right now to five simple things, right? So yep. if, you're, if you're a DM trying to begin the world building process, mm-hmm. what are the – five like just main core things you need to you feel you need, you need to focus to on my, my number one and i kind of hope you guys agree with me without a doubt is why is your world there if you understand that question right away then it makes a lot of other things easier so your creation mythology yeah the question yes. of course is do you mean why are we here in the sense of who put us here or yes what is our purpose for being here yes if you if you can come up with that then everything else will fall into place. Yeah, I agree with that. I tend to start with a um, a creation myth 
Yes. Which isn't so much a myth because it's a thing that actually happened because yeah. thankfully because there's magic we can call upon. But mm-hmm. uh, I agree with you. What I would next say is for the second rule is believable, not necessarily realistic. Because you, you are suspend your disbelief. Yeah, at some point you've got to put on those suspenders of disbelief. You got to twang them a bit. But <laughs> I've never heard that turn of phrase. The, before. the best way to describe it is you're you're in a world with dragons and stuff, so you don't need to worry too much about whether or not it would realistically be created like that. Yeah, you don't need to worry about but, historical accuracy when there's like wizards. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that is the one conceit that you just have to accept in your art very early on in world creation, which is um, if you can't explain it, magic. Yeah, it's a wizard did it. Um, when in doubt, blame the wizard. We've <laughs> said this multiple times. Owlbear, the wizard's fault. Yes. But again, the thing is, is that believability is so much more important than actual realism that it's hard for me to under, like, for me to stress enough is that as long as your players believe that this could happen in this world, and as long as you believe it as well, it won't rattle your chains, no matter how silly it might seem. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got to boil this down to three more things to, like, the main pillars of uh, world building. World building here. I think one of the most important things, especially in a D&D setting, is figuring out, figuring out if and or how uh, people move around in the world. Infrastructure. Yeah, infrastructure. That sort of thing. Infrastructure. Like people, well, not, not necessarily infrastructure like bridges and stuff like that, but do people travel you. by cart? Is it done to travel? Are there travelers? That's How a more specific thing of what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say overall world geography. Mm, yes, yes. And then branching off of that how do people get from point A to point B based off of the geography of the world that you've thrown out there? Right. I was going to say uh, I cho- I pulled out of the hat uh, geography and map for a real build- world building task and I've done some playing around but I realized, you know, it's a lot easier to do world building of a map when you actually know what needs to go on there. So because we've broken up this task between all four and one half of our hosts. Hey, Nacho. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Clint. Um, you know, we all have to sort of talk to each other. And, you know, we're doing this for you, the listener. But yeah, we could just. It's a lot easier when it's all in your own head and you can be like, OK, I need to have my mountains here and my lakes there and my swamp here, you know. Um, but that's why see. mapping software exists. Okay, so, so we've got infrastructure. We've got the remember, like suspension of disbelief. You're going to run into some very impossible situation setup. So you just need to. Everything doesn't need to be explained right away. Um, but just, it needs to be believable. Yeah, that it could happen. Yeah, it needs to sort of pass. You can't just if you're doing a serious fantasy setting where you've got like you're worrying about conflicting kingdoms and the politics and succession crises. You can't just walk into the town and have a TGI Fridays be waiting for you. <laughs> Completely breaks your suspension of disbelief. Um, or, or, you know, or, but that's also, you know. I raise you running into Brett Favre guarding a unicorn. <laughs> okay, but. Yeah, I was going to say, it could raise your suspension of disbelief. That actually that's happened in a game. You know, is that going to, you know, be funny for your players or could it be like well, TGI the stands for like Theophilus Grandiophile Ignatius Friday and this is mine tavern. Well. Yodian. But the point, of That's course, gross. is that you can't, you have you have to stick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to yeah you need with, to make it fit in. Pick a tone and yeah, stick with it. Exactly. Just don't jump all over the place. If you're right. going with funny, stick with funny. But next and also importantly is what is the big picture? What's you can't Definitely. just so the gods are there probably. Mm-hmm. Most settings almost certainly have some sort of divine power. You're not really playing D and D. Yeah. Uh, what are they doing? What do they want? And what's their end goal? Do or they have an end goal? If they're doing anything or not. Why? Or yes. rather, if they're not doing anything, why? Where so are they? You know? That's the big picture. And the slightly lower important thing to that is 
what is the what are the kingdoms or the empires or the dynasties or whatever? What are they doing? Because nothing just sort of sits sits in a stasis, not doing anything at all. They're always plan. Everyone is always planning for something because resting on your laurels is a good way to you know get assassinated. Mm-hmm. All right. And then I would I would say last, but certainly not least, and I might be biased because this is one of the topics I have to work on is magic. I mean, if we're if yeah. we're talking about a world where when in doubt blame magic, or if you can't explain something, magic is the reason why. You have to understand where the magic comes from, how it works. Yeah, magical what mechanics. Is it? Yeah, I would say to even broaden this slightly further is magic and the laws of nature, as in are. Are they Magi- like magical yes. nature? Do they have any? Are they to do assumed with each other? to be yeah. like what we consider nature, unless all is assumed, or is it like, oh, this entire world is set on the back of a giant turtle flying through space, or right. oh, is this entire world a hollow cylinder and you can see out into infinity on one end? It's, these are the things you have to know before you start doing anything, right? Yeah. So let's just break this down now because now we've got all five kind of discussed amongst us. Um, so we have creation. Just knowing where your setting came from, right? You know, is it mm-hmm. – did it evolve naturally and, you know, did gods pop up on their own or did gods make it? You know, there's a bajillion creation myths, so we don't need to go over that. Infrastructure and geography, you know, we'll put those as kind of the two same coin. You know, you got to – you need your geography first, but then still you kind of need to know how the world moves and thinks and breathes. You know, like is it weird that an elf is in a dwarven city? Is it not that weird? Who knows? Yeah, what's the – Geopolitical situation. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I would say However, geopolitics to, to round that off. Well, I'm yeah. going to – well, that would be six, Jake but we're has. sticking to five. No, I'm saying to round the geography and infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, infrastructure, infrastructure – the term infrastructure as in the infrastructure of the world itself, as you said, not bridges and roads, but – Necessarily, but, but – like the – Are there the, roads at all? Yeah, the social structure. War, you know? We'll yes. call that geopolitics. Is there a famine going yes. on? You know? I would say geopolitics are definitely in the so. five totems. What were you going to say, Jake? Um, number four that we have is – or number three that we have is your gods and then also your movers and shakers. Yes. It's important yeah. to know who's doing what in your setting, who has the power, um, who, what, where, why um, is just some base things to have. And then we have the the theme, the tone. Yes. That mm-hmm. Finer tones, to, maybe two, and stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to be gritty? Is it going to be funny? Is it going to be like kind of Western-y? It's going to be yeah. high fantasy, low fantasy, high right. magic, low magic. <laughs> Middle fantasy. That's not, that's not to say, though, that you can't get away with branching away from that because I, I run a fairly serious campaign setting. But I have, I've had some pretty outlandish things happen that get a chuckle out of everybody. Oh, yeah. Comedy is important. Yeah. Comedy you're, is you're definitely important. to have fun. But, but let's – OK. Yeah. But we're, still, we're getting off topic. It doesn't need to be yeah. so, And then last but not least, uh, magic, nature – we'll just call this magic in general. But like yeah. divine magic uh, – Magic of, you know, nature magic and uh, arcane magic, you know, mm-hmm. like what are the three main principles there? So when we just look at those five things, this is already overwhelming. But oh, yeah. today – A lot back, of this yeah. is done for you. Some mechanics of magic like how it works in combat, you know, is already done for you. But, you know, um, how does it transfer to people? You know, is it like hereditary? You can play around with that. But – but I was going to say, though, yeah. that is an interesting thought, but we'll get to that oh, in a yeah, moment, sorry, I'm sure. Midichlorians. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will fight you. They're a good plot device. <laughs> High midichlorian levels. Oh, God. Okay. That's my hot take for the day. <laughs> oh, God. That's how you introduce that, a mystic. Okay. That's my okay. one. Okay. That's my oh, God. No. Oh, oh. Stop. No mystic. Stop. <laughs> so. All right. No, so we are going to take these five 
and we are going to use these five pillars that we have just done, and we are going to create the uh, that one city that none of us really it, – it's going to be the one thing we all collaborate on in our setting here. Yeah, right now. Right now. We're going to do it right now. Oh, okay. We're doing it live. Ladies and gentlemen. Thing I should say in defense of my own personal pleasure, this is not the only way you can start when creating a world. No. Yeah. You can also start, uh-huh. of course, from doing the very top in the beginning. So yeah, let's let's just debate those Wait, really yes. quick, the merits of both, because okay. there there are pros and cons to We had a bit of a fight in the car about this. It wasn't really a fight. It was a fight. We all had discussion. We had opinions. Yes. Um heated opinions. Yes. Well, I have the bell over here just in case things get heated. All right. Excellent. Thank you, Clint. I'm not quite ready for rapid fire yet, I guess. So we're not no we ain't doing no rapid fire, but really quick, we're just gonna go through the pros and cons of doing Um. So in the way Paul likes to do things, the you start with creation yeah, and the, you the sort it. Down, yeah, let, let me let me explain myself if you don't mind. No, I, I was just giving you an introduction. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to speak for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay. You know, so Paul's method, the creation, you know, start at the top, work your way down. Um, how would you <laughs> – go ahead and explain it now. You ruined it. You killed it. I'm sorry. So the way I create a world is I start and I say, how did the world start? Who made it and why? Because nothing happens unless somebody wants to do something. Or because laziness, because somebody doesn't want to do something. So ultimately, uh, somebody had to create the world. Why did they do it? Why did they shape it like this? Who did they put here? For what reasons? So I don't start with the geopolitics of a country, how people move about. I say, what gods exist? Why do they do this? Yeah, why do people need to move around? Yes. So why do people exist? Yeah. Do the gods, is it like, do they feed off prayer? Do they need worshipers to serve them? Do, Do, Do they need to clap? Yes. People to clap for them so they don't die yeah. on the stage. Do, are they really like narcissistic and just want people cheering them on? Like, why did they create people? Because a setting without people is an interesting setting from a game design, like from a world design one, but not very interesting from a player perspective. It's like, oh, you can play a non-sentient animal. What fun. Yeah. <laughs> Zeus might come and do you. So, yeah, I start from the top. I create the gods. I think, how would those gods create the world? And I think, how would they shape this world? What methods do they put upon it? What are the gods' relationships with each other? And then I get to the world and I decide, what is the world generally like? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it temperate? Something like that? Do I? How do I work with that? And then I go down and say, these are the major kingdoms or major powers or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. These are the major non-state actors. Then I go even further and I go into one kingdom and I say, this is what this kingdom is about. This is why. This is how. And I go through each kingdom and I do that. And it's admittedly a very laborious and detailed process and I'd not recommend it unless you have a lot of free time. But I feel it also creates the most consistent world because you're never going to have an issue like, oh, I accidentally changed something along the way and now everything I wrote is invalidated because you're going from top down. May I, may I uh, add something here about this is why you keep good notes. Yes. Uh, not, you know, you can write them on paper. You can keep them in like your roll 20 file or something like that or where, however you play. But uh, we have a few options. Uh, I just sent, I think I sent it to the group. I know I sent it to you, Jake, but uh, notebook.ai is a website software that is like specifically designed for world building. It's for like writers and role players huh. and game designers. Yeah, I meant to send it to the whole group. Sorry, it's super cool. It doesn't load properly on my iPad. I checked. All right. Looking at you, iOS, but it's really very helpful because it has all sorts of categories like that. So you can always remember. Aha. Remember. This is what I wrote. This yes. is where it is. Yeah. Oh, wait, you are my son and the one true king. Now, <laughs> Until you wait. now that I'm done feeling uh, between the two of you, now that I feel very personally attacked. I'm sorry. <laughs> in that uh, I don't take notes. and uh, <laughs> I, I don't either. So I, remember, I guess the table's split. I, I yeah. remember my entire setting top to bottom. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what those hobos' names were. Dang. 
alas, I have like four hobos. Pinterest boards and several documents, y'all. And I so don't even the DM, other, I just write. <laughs> but moving on. Yeah, <laughs> moving on. The other creation mythology. Um, this is also known as taking the easy way out. This is if you... The coward's way out. Oh, geez, thanks. Um <laughs> No, so if you if just saying, I feel attacked right now. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> just, a, just, a little, I just came here to have fun. So, <laughs> if you are light on time, or because when you start to look at everything that's involved it, with it world building, yeah, it's daunting, especially exactly. if you've never done it before. Yeah. Especially getting your players to do some legwork. You might say, "Here," yeah, uh, they might say, "Oh, I come from this house." That's, you can that's, take a, a, that's a part of what yeah, Jake is about to talk about. Yeah. So. Um, as a you know, as a conceit, like because I've done it your way, Paul. I have my other no, I have my other setting that I'm working on for you know, basically my one shot setting. You know, where I just you know, I've done everything top to bottom. These are the gods. The, this is this. This is that. This is that. You is know, because I know setting that if you support us on Patreon, you could play games in Jake? potentially. But we're not plugging Patreon <laughs> not right now because we don't have anything on Patreon yet. Whoops. <laughs> yes, I believe um, that is your fault, Helena. <laughs> don't, don't. I'm sorry, guys. Let no me arguing talk right now. about world building. Go on, go on. I'm so. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to build the bridge. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. You're, so You're winging it method. Yeah. No. The Well, I wouldn't call it winging it. So no, it's your creation model. begins here. You have a – try to have a respectable idea of what your creation myth is. Um, from there, you try to basically just – you make a large playground of a city. Um or a region or whatever. City or is the easiest one to think of. City is easiest one to do, like a metropolis, like a million-person city, like a very large city, maybe not the most important place in your setting, but definitely important enough that your players would feel like you – know, like there's a lot to do here. There's criminal enterprise going on. There's, you know, military actions going on. There's Maybe a nice island, so maybe there's some smuggling. You know, there's – Piracy. Yeah. There's, yeah it's, Certainly waterfront at least. Yeah, yeah, put it on the waterfront, you know, so that way there is options. Yeah. Ways to get there. Maybe and we played in the same city for a year in your campaign setting, and like yeah. we still felt like we had things to do. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, that's that's the whole idea. But um, the the main idea of building a world this way is you let your players help you build the world. Mm-hmm. So when everybody sits down at session zero, um, and you go, "All right, well, what do you want to play?" And they go, "Well, I want to play a monk." And you're like, "Cool." Tell I, me about your order. Yeah, tell me about your monastery. Yep. What kind of monastery are you from? You know. And it it's great if you play with like a lot of the same people and you're wanting to get into, into DMing for the first time. You've got like your little D and D group, your little D and D crew, if you will. yeah, your squad, if you will. Uh, because squad, it ultimately becomes like it's their city. Yeah, it's their city. It's their like you know Andrew who's watching right now, Paul who's sitting here at the table, Clint who's sitting here at the table, and Helen who's sitting here at the table. They all have bits of my world that they're invested in because there's stuff that I just leave blank because I'm like I. I'd rather have players do it. Yeah. Um, yep. Frankly, it's the first thing of work is see if you can get somebody else to do it. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Jake's very, Jake's very kind about this. We, Clint and I both have a lot of like pet NPCs. Yes. But I'm going to let Jake explain it, obviously, because well, I've already ruined his earlier topic. So. The, well, the entire conceit behind it is um, you, you play more of an editor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. You yeah. let them bring content to you. I mean, and then you add content where you still want it. Like ultimately, I still have control over my pantheon. I still have control over the geopolitics. I still have control over all the major cities and their design and uh, all their philosophies and whatnot. But I still let my players make very big, dramatic changes or additions oh, yeah. to my world. 
I mean, just like you said in the last game that I actually played in because I've been a very busy boy the last three weeks. Oh, you're going to be um, real mad on Wednesday. Uh, lots of things have happened. Yeah, no. Um, just, just like you said, Aelin's fallen to shit, and I love it. Yeah. Like, you have to you have to embrace the chaos of players changing your world. Yeah, because, I mean, you can set up a nice playground and all, but you have to realize at the end of the day, your players are going to run around like, you know, yeah, you can preschoolers build, kicking over all your sandcastles. You can build the playground all you want, but if but if a bunch of fifth graders decide to rip the monkey bars out of the ground, they're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. There is Bruce nothing Sarsia more dangerous done. than a PC who has a good idea or a good idea. I'm looking at you, Nacho. <laughs> Harsh. Nacho has Hendersoned so many things. Uh, Nacho could Henderson almost anything if he really wanted. to. Oh, I know. He's a, Nacho is a deadly adversary because you always <laughs> underestimate him. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's seriously say here for a moment. I at the end of the day, the only person you're trying to please is yourself and your players. Yeah. And the best way to do this is not to say no, this is how it works to say yes and, and. or yes but. but. So with this method of world creation where you you know you start at the center, you know, like again, you still want to make your gods, you still want to have a couple mm-hmm. of, you know, like very clear things set in stone, right? But you just start everybody in the city. And then when they ask questions, you give them answers. Or if they have things like I am from this kingdom and our king is dying and I'm seeking, you know, I'm seeking a cure and I'm traveling the land. Cool. Well, now I'm, I've come up with this kingdom, you know, we can work we'll together. Fit, we'll fit it. it in. And then maybe it'll be a plot hook later. Yeah. Um, That's effective GMing. It is. It's effective game mastering and it's also just good for world building because you're just like, oh, well, cool. I wouldn't have thought of that because ultimately um, one of the one of the nice things about this is is it allows you to not get way too into your own shit mm-hmm. with well, – It allows you to step back. It allows you to take a step back and just like – because you're constantly working with other people. So you've both got each other to bounce ideas off of. One of the conceits because I've had this happen like when I've just done some solo developing on my own world. Um, you know, and I've just done stuff like I've just done it and I've done it and done it. And I was like, that's cool, right? And then people are like, no, that's terrible. And I'm like, wow, damn. I think <laughs> the worst thing I did was I – How much time did you spend on that? A couple weeks. A lot. A lot. I get there. I write for like a full couple days and I bring – I was like, huh. How about this major and easily – how about this major plot hole that you didn't notice that completely invalidates everything you wrote? And like it says, whoops, it's a first draft. <laughs> it's a first draft. <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> piggybacking off of I think it was what Jake said earlier when he was talking about, you know, you have your squad. You're the, you're the DM slash GM, whichever term you prefer. And you have of all of your players. And let's say you have a, a party of five and one size. of them one of them can't show up. So you only have four. So you say, hey, guys, let's run a one-shot. Use the one-shot to help flesh out the world. Exactly. I, I mean, that's a, that's a tip that I've done a few times now with my players uh, that I picked up from Jake. Yeah, we that, started we started playing a, a one-shot one day, and I started to recognize some of the locations and realized we're actually in Jake's campaign setting, Aelin. Yeah. And then we set some stuff up, and there was a time skip, and now I'm trying to keep you know my player knowledge and character knowledge separate because our characters in the we'll main talk campaign. about meta game. Yeah, exactly. You know. yeah, I've well, had a different episode, but I've still, had characters. I've had characters that I've played in either short campaigns or one shots with Jake come back and bite my main character in the ass. That's the best part, honestly. It's called recycling. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, Great it's skill. called being an evil genius. <laughs> Jake, Jake has you're made me play. You're putting way too much. Jake's made me play my <laughs> characters from different games in the same scene multiple times. So I'm playing. Okay, Paul, sit down and play all three of your characters. He at literally once. did that on Wednesday. It was gold. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, that's but, a, that's an awful thing you can do to your players, but I highly recommend it. That's what, that's why I kind of as a player, I, that's why I kind of like to always have like an affectation for my character, or maybe like a hat or something that I wear, or like an accessory that I wear. So if I have to do that, I can just be like, there, ah, there's some I mean. confusion not, you know. between my characters because so, I'm not very good at voice acting. So, <laughs> so. that's another episode. Yeah. Let's get back to main world building, though. Yes. World building. Yes, yes. So yeah, there's but there's a bunch of ways you can flesh stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but that that comes to storytelling, like more the one shot kind of stuff. But when it gets to hard world building, um, you know, obviously consistency is key. And so we're going to talk Again, it has about to be believable. Yeah, it's got to be believable. So let's start. It's realistic, just believe. No, we're going to do the, all this together. You know, I've I've got my little yeah. notepad here. Mm-hmm. Um we're going to we're going to build the one thing together in our campaign setting because all of us have like pretty much direct control over different things. Yes. You know, we're all kind of working with each other on different aspects of this project. But this is let you know, let's sit down. Let's make that one city that is just the actual, you know, it's this this would be the starting point. This is where you launch players into your settings because mm-hmm. this, this is where the first tavern is. You know, I've I've heard uh, you know, I've I've looked and I've read and I've talked um, about a lot of the stuff that all of us are working on, how we're doing it, and our setting is cool, but our setting does not make a. It, it's not a. There's no place that is truly amazing for a very varied and different part. Yeah, where does where do you gather the misfits? And I'm telling you where. And I'm going to start us off with a name. Oh, Riragon. Spell that. R I R A G O N. All right. Okay. All right, so you've done the hard part. Yeah, that's the, you the put the a name. Names. names are hard, I have to tell you. And there okay. are many options online for name generators, which yes. you can turn to. Yeah, just go to Fantasy Name Generator. Fan- Fantasy Name Generator has saved my ass more times I can oh, count yes. on my one of these days I'm gonna like one of these days I'm just gonna get a shirt from Yeah, them. can I can I just like <laughs> I, they sell shirts? When I get I money know, but I want one. from my most recent project, I'm just gonna give them like twenty bucks for everything they've done for me. Like I'm sure they have a Patreon page or something. So yeah, but, yeah, we're going to be posting a lot of resources that we recommend all the time, like map generators, name generators, and stuff on our actual webpage when it's up and running, which will be soon. Yeah. All right, so Riragon. No Let's yep. talk about Riragon. Riragon. Let's talk right. about it. Beautiful so, Riragon. What does it look like? It's a big city. How big are we talking? It is. I am in charge of geography and maps, and I've decided that this is an island. We talked about this a little in the car. Yep. Perhaps just a bit off the coast to avoid yeah. serious problems. It's a, it, yeah, it's so an we, island we, that's we, near we the did coast. Do, we did like some light leg work before this, and it's like, all right, so what do we want to base this Multi, uh, multicultural cosmopolitan city off of and we're like Hong Kong Hong Kong is a good choice because also Hong Kong's you, awesome it's also not oh, one that absolutely. you usually see so yeah it's not something you see in medieval fantasies you're not going to see the boat cities no. of Hong Kong strung together yeah which right. is you know or the Kowloon walled city which are a you know ripping pepperonis but still um, I'm sure you're going to rip in pieces forever you the know, boat but... thing is Tortuga my bad yeah Sorry. that's Tortuga <laughs> smooth moving on <laughs> Yes, I make Logwood mistakes. City, I'm sorry. Shout out. Yeah, I'm just giving you, <laughs> give you crap. So no, but if and from all right, no, so so we're doing Hong Kong, right? You know, yep. um, but we're not doing Hong Kong in the sense that it's a Chinese. This is everyone meets up here. Yes, right. so this As is a, yeah by by happy accident. Yeah, yeah, by happy accident, it hits uh, several Hong Kong main and, trade routes. Yeah, thanks to you know different politics and it's stuff. In a nice it, climate. Yeah, it's in a nice climate. It's so, between several different countries. It was its own municipality, and it ultimately became a trading hub for both the British, the India, uh, China, Portuguese. Portuguese, Japan. So it just wound up becoming this multinational port where all these governments that didn't like each other but wanted each other's money would just meet and do deals. So, which Helen. is Hong Kong abridged? Yeah. Yes. You are in charge of geography. Yes. I have this been, place yeah. has to be in a serious position where it can be meeting multiple 
empires, yet not being able to be easily conquered by any of them. Right. Describe Hence that. an island. So because we are all – this is why map building is really difficult in a team unless you already have sort of what everybody's thinking. I was thinking not unlike in Game of Thrones where there is – we had some real scorching takes in the car about George R. R. Martin and Game of Thrones and we're not going to talk about this. We've decided before the show. Paul, you're my good friend and Helen – I love you, but yeah, we're not going to talk about this. But I like the shape, enough. the geographic. Wait, shape do we of the have world. the table split again about George R. R. Martin? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're not going to talk. We're about not going to talk about, about this. Buy- There's going to be some fighting. Thank you, Clint. Uh, so that, that sort of shapes the world where there is sort of like one big long continent on the one side and like an island or two in the middle and then another big long continent on the other side. And maybe uh, – You know, World of Warcraft style. Yeah, exactly. Very conveniently. Yeah, you know, I'm going to play around with it. There's a lot of hexes you can do in that uh, – I have some hot paper? takes I want to talk about you with about – the, the dwarves that I'm designing, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, we'll get on Discord and shout at each other later um, when I'm at home and I can have wine. <laughs> but uh, So, describe. So, yeah, this uh, island would be uh, – the island of Ruragon would be about actually how large the, uh, Hong Kong is because I was thinking about that because I wasn't talking much while we were driving because I had to do some creative merging on uh, 275, which if you're from <laughs> Michigan, you understand. Uh, but – the city would – or the island would not be that large. It would be in a warm climate, not as – again, being a Michigander, I think the actual climate of real-life Hong Kong would be dreadful to live in because it's hot and humid. So we're talking temperate forest basically. Yeah, maybe temperate. Yeah, but a little warmer than that. Maybe but it sort never of never Carolinas. gets snowy, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, Carolinas yeah. sort of thing. Maybe not the swamps of, of Charleston, but uh, yeah. That way, a little mountainy, um, a sm- swampy – Part and a ford on one side, sort of like Mont Saint Michel, where um, it, at like super low tide you can actually just walk to the mainland. But otherwise, it's either a swamp that you need a boat to get to, or uh, not unlike the Netherlands, where there are dikes and farming, but you can just unlock the gate if you need to flood out. Oh, I don't know, like the Nazis coming at you or something like that. Um, hopefully, we're not going to have any. Yeah, Nazis. hopefully not that sort of problem. But yeah, invading you know orcs or what have you, or yeah, so not to you not can't to invade orcs without a big. So, which by the way, just yeah. so we're actually squared. Uh, the actual area for Hong Kong is one thousand and sixty-three square miles. Okay, it's about half the size of Chicago. It works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's big, but really not that big. So yeah. it's going to be. How does it get food? Mostly fishing, do you think? Or? Yeah, I would say fishing and uh, – At least locally you would think. Yeah, fishing and then also using the swamp for food. I'm big into saltwater swamps and so I'm going to go to town with this because it would be approachable on one side by a river. That would be part of the main trade route. Uh, there would be – this island would be partially a delta sandbar but not fully because as a geologist, I know that building on a delta sandbar is stupid. Honestly, building Don't this location it. is stupid anyway, but there's magic. No, anyway, so, yeah. maybe maybe there's like a nice igneous dome. Uh, again, giving giving map making to it's the geologist. It's an intrusion. Okay. I might go too M- far, but no, on. it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> there's like a salt marsh and a river that leads to the marsh and then the island is like you know, the, okay. the, like half a mile delta. off the coast? Yeah, half yeah. a mile off the coast. So Enough that you farm, definitely need a boat. What do they farm and what they fish? Obviously, what do they farm? Uh, they, they grow rice in the saltwater swamp by using a freshwater replacement system due to magic somehow. And then, water elementals. Yeah, water elementals probably. And then uh, farming, eating a lot of seafood and birds. Okay, works for me. Okay. Eggs, so yeah. Makes sense. So it's a trade route between let's say four major powers. We're not going to detail them too much. But yeah, let's say four meet there. That's well, easy. more importantly, though, you can get so, there from so, anywhere. So we know, yeah. So we know that because uh, we've kind of we've kind of painted who our major powers are going to be. It's the dwarves, the humans, uh, the dragonborns. We don't know how you feel about elves yet, Clint. You've been- uh, the, the elves would definitely be that fourth power. 
Okay. Uh, I guess I don't – when I was talking about that, I was just saying like I don't I don't exactly know what I'm going to do with them in detail quite we'll, we'll, yet. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But, yes. but moving so, on. So, But yeah, they would be the fourth superpower as far as that's concerned. OK. Then that brings us to this little bit. Whose island is this actually? Like that's a tough question. Who I has, would say that this I'm going to I'm going to put something out here. I'm going to throw it out there. You can toss it right back if you don't like it. I'm listening. Lizard folk. That's a good one. I like that. That's a good it's one. It's right next to a marsh. So. I was actually going to say, yeah. yeah, that's nice. But I was actually going to say, maybe a water elemental. That's how they can get fresh water there. And they the have druids, per- though. They got druids. Yeah, they got druids. Well, I'm thinking is, so lizard folk. Well, you, but, we were but, talking about gods and nature spirits earlier. Get, get the spicy take. Yeah. Lizard folk, but ruled by a gold dragon. Ooh, love hmm. it. As their god empress. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Tight. She's so that's lazy, so that, that right there is that there's your explanation right there for why the island won't be conquered. Do you want a dragon? Mess, do you want to mess gold, with a great worm? Yeah, gold because dragon? A, because a gold dragon is sitting on top of it. Like fight me. Yeah. Want it? T- come if you me. want, if you want it, come get some. Molon yeah. Lab. All right. Yeah, so. And so the lizards, you know, fish, but they also. Uh, Clint, get your phone out. We need a dragon name. Go. <laughs> oh man, uh, a pulserax. There we go. Oh, damn. oh, Pauline. Jeez. Look, I've done this Hell for a long time. Okay. I'm just going to spell that phonetically. Deal with me. A-P-A-L-S-E-R-A-X. I'm also a big fan of BehindTheName.com, which if you're looking for player names especially, you can look names up by meaning, which is cool. Yeah. Neat. But so we've got a Pulserax. She's controlling all these lizard folk who live here because it's near the water and lizard folk need to lay lay their eggs in or near water. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, she's a gold dragon, which I'm assuming we're following the general rules that gold dragons are generally good aligned. Yeah. Yes. So she wants everyone to come trade with her to expand her hoard as she takes – how about 10 percent? Is 10 percent something? Not even 10 percent. Let's go something so small that it doesn't seem like people are getting ripped off. 1 percent, 2 percent maybe. Yeah, 2 percent. She takes 2 percent of every trade deal done here. And you she know, just which, sits on it, of course. Yeah. But it's such a booming hub at this point that, that – that, and that's why everybody goes there. She only takes 2 percent, but that 2 percent adds up big time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When everyone's coming here because you've got the lowest taxes, you make money, especially when you don't need to spend any taxes because you can say, I will dragon breath you if you don't do this. Yeah, and it's <laughs> yeah. simply controlled by the lizard folk. They're like the bankers but also like the druids of – Wages? They're not very – What the are wages? Lizard folk don't care much about like – So gold. we'll say that the yeah. – They love their dragon right. mom. Let's, let's talk a little bit about religion too here. So we'll say okay. that um, – um, oh, the, let, me, let me pull up our document, Jake. Yeah. So let's say that the salt marsh is sacred to the lizard folk and only lizard folk are allowed there. Yeah. They, okay. they don't want no one playing in their playground. Anyone right? can come to the city, but nobody can nobody – can, anyone yeah, can come you, to you Ririgam. You can't go um, in the salt marsh. No one can yeah. really see it, but I'm, I've, got a, I've got a little notepad here and I'm just doing some doing some doodling. Hang, let me just say hi from off screen really quick. <laughs> uh, you know, so if you all can see that, that is uh, about uh, – you know, about a eighth – Yep. Of the landmass is salt marsh. Everything yeah. else is city, right? You know, city the, or mountain, basically. Yeah, you know, I also want to have it uh, be an igneous want... rock promontory with a gold vein in it, and that's why the dragon nested there in the first place. That makes okay. sense to me. So yeah, gold vein up in the mountains. We'll have the mountains in the north, south, uh, salt marsh in the south, uh, and then the whole thing is just except for the northern part because there's a big igneous. Uh, there's just one PTS huge lone mountain. mountain. Yeah. yeah, there's the, a mountain, the but then nest. also too, you know, a bunch of nasty under, underwater things. So like maybe that north northern eighth is are, very inaccessible from the ocean. We are sort of uh, coastal area, so why not have it be a coral reef, like yeah. an expansive coral reef yeah. that makes it difficult to ship in except in specific lanes. Yeah, exactly. And with yeah, the salt marsh but, and with the tide, there would probably be only one area where the harbor would go. I'm going to play around mm-hmm. with this a lot in the island. I'll probably go ahead and do a detail of uh, Rurgan. 
So, yeah, Jake, that's beautiful. That's exactly how <laughs> I was thinking. No, that is ugly. But well, it's, um, not, it's not as, ugly, as but it's very simple. As beautiful as you can doodle in five minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a schematic. <laughs> yeah. So 60% of the landmass can be accessed by ships um, from both sides. And 140th is completely cut off. Yep. So it's mm-hmm. very defensible. Now, so we've got why the dragon is here. We've got what the dragon wants, money. And it's between a bunch of major powers. So that sounds like everyone's going to want to come here with the low taxes and trade. Yep. Which is obviously what people do. So why do people stay who aren't lizard folk uh, coming to worship their god empress? Great financial opportunity. Exactly. Low you have so many. Taxes. You have yeah. You, well, you have so many people coming in from around the world, whether they be dragonborn, elves, dwarves, humans, whatever they may be. Uh, when they bring their goods, and they're not just coming in. Staying at port and then leaving that same day, they have to have a place to stay. They have to have food to eat. They have to have things to drink. You stay there. You open up a tavern. You start making a killing off of basic for international traders. Yeah, works for me. And they're making international money. So you got to think just gold. Well, you got to think too. You know, every major power would want to have somebody like you know their major companies that are making them money and bringing stuff back. Um, they are going to want to have a slice of that pie. And no no major power, if we're talking, you know, large, large shipments of anything is going to be stupid and send one ship. They'll send a whole fleet. Yeah. They'll send they'll they will send multiple ships to protect uh you know their investments. Their investments that are going to trade. So then you have instead of just one ship at that point, now you have five, say, the four to defend the main one and Yeah, and on top of that. There Even you go. If somebody does decide, I'm just going to take this pie. You've got a pulse rocks there being like, you sure about that? You sure about that? <laughs> Again, fight me. <laughs> it's the sort of thing that Hong Kong didn't have to protect in the past, which is there wasn't exactly a, like an 80 foot long dragon saying, don't mess with me. Yeah. So it's a sort of protection. It's a safe haven, so to speak. It's where you can go to get lost and to find yourself. Okay. So, gang, we've got. Like a bit of a – we got a bit of the geography figured out. Yep. Right. And we got our infrastructure figured out. Yep. Um, we know why people are there, why you know why people want to be there. We've got our god reason figured out. Now, it's not even directly a real god, but a gold – a warm gold dragon is close enough for me. You know, you a know. thousand-year-old gold dragon is you know, not yeah, to be messed with. Yeah, 1,500-year-old gold dragon that can just literally, you know, elbow drop you out of existence. Elbow drop a frigate into oblivion like – yeah, I'll accept that too. All right. So if we go back to the uh, primary stuff, you know, we've got geography nailed. We've got uh, the movers and shakers pretty much figured out. Every country wants a slice of. So you've got all your embassies there. You've got sort of a Cold War spy game going on where everyone is trying to mess with everyone else's trade that they're at war with. Yeah, who wants to play but, a game in rear gun when we get home? But um, you can't. You can't get directly about it because otherwise a pulse rack will get mad. We'll play a game of diplomacy. Or she'll yeah. send in her lizards. Yes. Game right. of diplomacy. Her, her crack gone. lizard squad. Yeah. They're frogmen, but they're lizard men instead. All right. So our, our creation our creation crack mythos people. doesn't really matter here right now? It does not. No, no, We're doing no. bottom up rather than top down. Yeah. Yep. Um, Other than that, obviously we have dragons and we've got this sort of – Yeah, we know there's dragons. Geologically plausible. As far as your players are concerned, by the way, just before we go further, I want to we've got this. Since we're going in this bottom up – strategy you drop them in here and as far as as far as they should care as as long as this city is fleshed out well enough the water could just go on forever according to them if they you know were born on this island yeah. they 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 could not know 
What are you guys laughing about over uh, there? Just a comment. Uh, somebody uh, was saying, oh, Jake's face Fado. is on screen. No, Jake's – thanks, Fader, for doing the comments. No, Jake's, <laughs> just Jake's still here. <laughs> yeah. No, so, don't worry, Joe. I'm, I'm here. I'm just off screen today. He's here. We got a little table. Yeah, we got our, our webcams a bit messed up. Whatever. So, so we've got the why. We've got the we've got the people. We got the movers and shakers. I'm pretty sure we've got believability down. Oh yeah, uh, magic got, magic with is the, water the last. Levels, but no, magic is the last major one though. Is there something inherently magical or something unique? Is about this, this is this in the world that we're going to be building this month? Yes. Yes. No, because I have come up for the reason of magic in our world. I'm listening. Oh. Uh, it's a pretty simple explanation. It could be viewed as the easy way out, uh, but I'm a big fan of this explanation. Nothing wrong with the easy way out. Water finds the lowest path. Um, so no different than any other force of nature, magic just kind of exists. It's it's no different than a gravity or friction or tension yes. or something like that. It is, it's something that is just there. And through different understanding, whether it be, say, you're a wizard and you learn about it like more than anyone else, you can learn how to manipulate said thing. So cool. brief question. As I'm actually in yes. the history of the world, I'm going to say it existed before the gods showed up. OK. And that's why the gods showed up. That we'll, works. we'll get to that later. Is yeah. So can anyone do magic? Is it required to be inborn or no. do you just get Realistic, it? Realistically speaking, I mean uh, based off of and, – and it's kind of metagaming but I feel like world building should be metagaming to a certain extent. Well, I mean we're just – it's if you, if you, if you look at, If you look at the, the classes. Rules, the rules to fit the setting. Oh, that's a good question. That, that's a question for the next episode. I got to tell yeah. you. No, because no, I mean no, like – no, Well, if you, right if you look at the classes, look at all of the magic – uh, magic-based classes, whether they be full casters or half casters, in some way, shape, or form, you either A, have to be born with it, or B, you can learn how to channel it. So I guess the answer is both. Like, if you're a sorcerer, you're born with the ability to do that. So what you're oh, saying is, you can, learn it from a book. you can learn it, but it's much harder. Yes. Yeah. You so have to work absolutely, really hard to learn it. you could Anyone be, you could be born, yeah, you right. could be born, and a god just be like, here you go, here's some powers. Or you're born with, like in my campaign set, I don't know about this one for as far as sorcerers go, but if you're born with the blood of dragons, then you're just born with an inherent magical ability. There's actually another good question. Does a Pulserax have any spawn? You know, let's say she does. A lot of governance though. You know, good dragon putting her children basically in positions of power throughout the city because this is is their little nest. Makes sense. But I do love the idea of shadow games being played between multiple governments trying to get a foot and a leg up on and each other. And the dragons other. being... Or even other metallic dragons. Play nice Steven. now. Don't yeah. mess with any traitors or civilians. Yeah. You know, every now and again, you know, they have to crack down on an embassy and stuff. You get a bunch of gold dragonborn kicking in a door and arresting all the spies. Yeah. No, it's... Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, the one, the one conceit that I love about building from a city and then going outward is you can just make that city really awesome. It, it, there is there is a you know and this just gets back to the main theme of world building for me I've always found it a bit difficult when I'm just making a bunch of city it it, it feels like I'm building a subdivision I'm like <laughs> all right and there's a city there and uh, and we'll put one there and uh, and we'll put one over there you know and it's like eventually I'll decorate the interior but they all kind of look the same from the outside yeah it's a problem you know when um, when you just sit there and you're just like people have to be in this city how is this city going to be cool um, yeah right. I think you can get a lot more intimate detail with a location. Yeah. So, but to move back to Raragon, 
So we've got Dragonborn, we've got half dragons, we have full but much younger dragons. So we have a Pulserac sitting mm-hmm. basically on top, whether that be on an enormous spire or maybe on the mountain I think, flying down. I think there's, a, there's a spire, but there's a cave beneath where she keeps her gold and goes to sleep, but she sits on the spire to look. She must widen it ever yeah. more, and she gets her children to watch it. So let's talk about um, just one more important detail. Let's talk about military. Yes. Because, I mean, other than the fact that they have a gold worm dragon as – Which is a big threat, but you can't, pretty, pretty you can't have not. her like walk in the streets getting ready to knock people out if they're causing trouble in the alley. Yeah, yeah no, but she, she's – no, I'm, 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 I'm not talking about you know local governance. I'm talking military deterrent. Yes, other you know, than having a gold like, dragon. You know, because a gold dragon as a military deterrent is a really good – Military. But you need more than that. Uh, yeah. The way that I'm envisioning this island would be set up would be that the way nature is, also because I'm a, the naturalist among this group, like I, I'm, I have a Bachelor of Science in a natural history field, uh, and I'm going to make sure this all actually works. Hey, I'm working for it in geography too. Oh, yeah. No, I know. But um, Geology, sorry. There you go. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you Ge- know, making sure that the swamp and the geologies. currents and the ocean would be its protection. There would be many reefs around. So if you came up with a bunch of boats, damn, you better be real careful and go in the right exact spot. And if you go in the right exact spot, the dragons are going to come after you. Yeah. All right, guys. Unless you go in the main trade lane. So honestly. really quick, I think we're going to go take five minutes. Uh, how's everybody feel about going an extra half hour today? I could do it. I'm cool with it. I'm tired. <laughs> sorry. That's fair. Is that, a, is that a yes or no? We can, yeah. You guys all lost. Okay. Too. I'm sorry. Um, it's just like my legs hurt when I was getting out of there. Yeah, as long as we take five. Yeah, I no. can go another half hour. Yeah, we're going to take five. Uh, we're going to go for another half hour today. But before we go, um, let's talk about our giveaway. We're trying to build our page. We're trying to build our brand. Uh, so we are doing a giveaway. We're going to give away two books. Ooh. Um, to two completely different winners when our Facebook page, the 3DMs Podcast Facebook page, our actual Facebook page, gets up to 500 likes. So if you're enjoying the content or you just want to win a book, uh, I'm easy. I would win you. Winning books. Uh, head to our Facebook page. Give our Facebook page a like. Once we get to 500 likes, uh, we're going to pick two of you at random and we're going to send you any D&D 5e book that you want. Uh, you know, could be something from Cobold Press, could be something, uh, you know, from the main lineup. Doesn't matter as long as it's not a special edition because those are too hard to get our hands on. Yeah. The, the, them's expensive. Yeah. You don't need to be a new like. You can have liked us from the beginning and you can still, You'll be, still be entered. Yeah, but not us, obviously. Yeah, anybody from the dawn of time, uh, as long as it's not one of us, can or win this contest. Because we all like our Sorry. own page. So we're going to take five minutes, and we're going to come back, and we're going to finish off our world building part one discussion. Because we've certainly gotten a long way. Guess, this is so. a big topic. So world building is fun. We'll be right back, guys. It is fun. Live talk you- back on. Mics are live, guys. Okay. Yeah. We're live again. Excellent. So uh, I was instructed. Jake will be joining us here in just a few minutes uh, to give you guys the contest spiel one more time real quick. When our page gets to our actual Facebook page gets to 500 likes, we are going to be doing a book giveaway. Any like non-special edition 5e book. Yeah. From anywhere you want as long as it's not one of the special editions. Yeah. Oh yeah, actually, uh, Jeff, thanks for turning in, tuning in for the first time. That's right, we do got to move the camera because we put it closer to the table to try and get a more crisper picture of all our beautiful vintage books. But also, we got to move it back so Jake can be in frame. So yeah, it is shaking. You're right. That's definitely you. We or, apologize. Rather, it's definitely us. It's, thanks for pointing it out. It's not our best week. We're having some technical difficulties. Yeah, but thank you for tuning in. Even so, I'm sorry that you guys have to listen to me open up this Fritos bag. <laughs> <laughs> As is tradition. 
Gotta, dude, you gotta have show fuel. You gotta have a beverage and you gotta have some snackies. Okay. Now let's scooch together a bit so we can get Jake on camera too. Yeah, for once. Huh, okay. So, um, yeah. How exciting. I didn't mean to hit the bell. We may need to scooch over. Oh, no, we're fine. Yeah, so quick answer to Jeffrey, by the way. Um, thanks for tuning in, bud, by the way. Um, so really quick, yeah, no, we just fixed our camera. Like we uh, we got here a little late at the studio today. So we – the camera was set up a little poorly and we just didn't want to do it halfway through the show. So we did, took a break, make sure everything got done. Too late. We just did it. Did, yeah. you, guys, did you guys say that it was uh, – he was a first-time viewer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, on, the, on, the, uh, on the spiel of the book, just to follow that up. Um, for all of our first-time viewers, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate – We're glad to have you with us. Yeah, we appreciate your viewership. Uh, shoot us a like. Share the video. Hope you enjoy. So that way we can continue to uh, bring this type of content to you guys. Yeah, right. So, so let's get back into it then. I'll let so, you know, Jake. Okay, guys. We've set up this city. So let's like reset the table for everybody who's now joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's January – New year, new world. We're going to be doing a world building series. And, uh, you know, all of us, I'm Jake. That's Clint. Say hi. Say hi, Clint. What's up? This is an audio podcast. Yeah, this Clint. is an audio podcast. You got it. Dude, I had Fritos in my mouth. <laughs> That's bad podcast it etiquette. No, I, just, I, I was really hoping for you to just go hard. <laughs> and, uh, Paul. insert Fairweem yes. voice because my mouth is full. Yeah, Paul and Helen, uh, who always yeah. joins us. Um, thank you. So it's, let's set the table. The four of us. We are three DMs. Uh, we are doing world building, and we are discussing how we build a world. We're doing this thing where all of us have bits of the world. Uh, we're all putting it together, and by the end of the month, we're hoping to have something really cool to present to all of you, like an actual play play inable setting. Why don't Why don't yeah, we so. Why don't we real quick just go around the table? I'll start, and we'll talk. We'll just list the things that we're in charge of. Briefly, yeah, just real briefly. Uh, for hey, like, for, for example, I'm in charge of coming up with like why magic exists, where it comes from, elves and dragons and dragonborn. Okay, I'm in charge of history, infrastructure, and economics, and dwarves, which is good because I like dwarves. Uh, I got geography, map, my favorite gnomes, and uh, part of the gods. Yeah, I have the gods. other half of the gods. I have dungeons because. Dungeons. How are you going to have dungeons without dragons? I got to tell exactly. you. Exactly. And humanity. Oh, the manatee. Yes. So, we're talking about uh, right now, we're building a live city. Everybody to work on. Uh, and so, it's called Riragon. Um, it's like Hong Kong. Gold Dragon lives there. Lizard folk live there. And every major civilization has a. Uh, An embassy or a company or yeah, corporation. Embassy, yeah. company, you know, just a, a bit of the pie, a little bit of the pie. So It's a big trading center protected by this gold dragon. Yeah, we've already yes. talked about uh, economics, who lives there, why, the geography, the terrain. Um, this is a sort of example of a town you would want your party to meet up in. On yeah, this is where all the misfits session. meet up because they're washed up members of the Indi- East India Trading Company or yeah. something. And so, they wanted to eat if some you, delicious salt marsh clams. If you are just joining us, this video will be available in retrospect. So you can go back and actually see all of the details of building up to this. But this is just the short rundown of what we did before right now as we continue. As so, we're about to move on. Let's talk about culture. Okay. Yes. Because that is – this is another pitfall. I see a lot of people who start – um, doing world building fall into and it's it's like I don't want this to come off rude to a lot of people 
because it happens like you make a you make a city and then you make another city and then you make another city and then with if you're not careful things are very similar between cities yeah and that's that's a very easy pitfall to fall in because you know you're a normal person you, you don't, don't have, have yeah. all the time in the world to work on this stuff and like i'm like i that's probably my biggest thing with uh my uh world i would say one of the biggest things that i need to work on is figuring out individual cultures of cities and Nations. Things like that. Yeah. Actually, I, I feel like where earlier we were talking about the inf- like the, the the foundation of this house. At this point, culture is where we start putting up the walls of the house, and it oh really no, 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 the to, walls are up. Everything's been built. Now this is this is like furniture. Then yeah, we're putting up the decor- we're, we're, we're up decorating the, the house at this point. We're adding the flavor that actually creates your world and makes it feel real. The carpets and chairs. So and guys, we're gone uh, as we have decided is a massive blending of cultures. We've got dwarven culture, elven culture, human culture, orcish culture. Lizard and dragon folk. Lizard, yeah, lizard folk. Dominated and, by lizards and dragon folk. Yeah, lizard yes. folk, dragonborn, and dragons themselves. All of them have a cultural stake here and everybody has to play nice. Else you risk the wrath of the mit- mistress. Yeah. A pulsorax. Who would dragon. have a word with you. So... How how does this culture shake out? Uh, let's see. We've got the guy working on dwarves, and we got the guy working on elves here. So, what's um what's dwarven and elven relations like? Yeah, how do the dwarves feel about the elves? Uh, they make excellent sacrifices to their sun god. Oh damn! Oh wow! Yeah, that's harsh. <laughs> yeah, um, this is one of the few places that the dwarves are not actively trying to hunt other cultures because they believe them to be inferior and not worthy of the light of the sun. Yeah, I know it's pretty dark. So yeah, some of them do. Hill dwarves don't. Okay, they're from the hills. Yes, they're from the hills, and you can live under it. Something like they have eyes. I don't know. Yikes. Something like that. Um, so basically, the dwarves are here because they realize that they can't live entirely on raiding other civilizations for money and food. So at some point, they have to come and actually trade in this treasure for other stuff, which is, of course, their business interests here. Money can be exchanged for goods and services. Money can be exchanged for goods and services. Also, Duncan points out, I love world building. Same man. Keep listening. (laughs) So, yeah, that's why they're here is they are here mostly because obviously a Pulserax as a gold dragon is good and would not dare to allow engaging in slave trade here. Yeah. But she is willing to let them come and trade their conquered treasure with a careful eye kept on their activities. Okay. Okay. What about Um, elves? Elves. Elves have the attitude based off of you – know, just as uh, Paul was saying with the dwarven culture of they like to sacrifice people to their gods and they ransack towns and everything. Um, and it makes sense with the el- with the elven race in the book getting uh, the intelligence bonus. They like to think that um, the the customs of the dwarves are barbaric but they are not going to like actively try to – get involved with that because they sound a lot like Vikings and not many people want to mess with Vikings. It's oh, no. just, it's not, it, so, it's not smart. So let's talk about that cultural interchange though. So like, you can't fight each other or the dragon will get upset and you really mm-hmm. don't want that to happen. Do they fight each other elsewhere? 
Of course. Oh, not yeah, of course. Yeah, limits. so we're only talking about Rearagon, but okay. Yes. Yeah, they would fight if there wasn't a dragon left. Yes, 100%. Them. So there is yeah. this there's this very icy demeanor between them. So there yeah. isn't much cultural crossover. You don't like get unique foods that are made in a, you know. Well, of not, they do. Yeah, I mean but. you you would because obviously as there are to every single rule in the book, there are exceptions. And Rearagon is the place for such exceptions. Exactly. Where you go if you don't fit in with your culture. Mm-hmm. Fair. Okay. There, the but not to get it confused, there still are elves on Riragon that think that, you know, the dwarves are mindless beasts, and I'm sure that there are dwarves in Riragon that just think that the elves are elves, too weak to all be the all to the live. book learn that book learning that the elves do is you know, for sissies. The birds. For oh, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nerd. Nerds. <laughs> all right. But to make a long story short is this is where they can't fight. So this is in fact where cultural interchange is forced to happen. Right. Because if you can't yep. fight, you can at least argue and haggle with each other. Uh-huh. Yep. So let's talk about the two other staunchest enemies on the board, uh, the dragonborn and the humans. Mm-hmm. OK. Because uh, they don't get along. They no, do not. not at all. So Clint, since yeah. I have humanity – and uh, more, most of uh, most of my humans uh, worship the god of law and justice, and mm-hmm. are so boring that a Jehovah's Witness would blush. Um, in terms of That's what they're allowed to get away with, how do uh, how does that interchange work with uh, your Dragonborn? Your your idea for your Dragonborn so far? Well, not not well, not well. Uh, and I, I like to think. That- the way that I have it kind of written in my head, I'm still kind of finalizing everything, is very similar to my own campaign setting. Um, the Dragonborn were humans who, during a war with dragons, defected. And then the dragons were like, here you go. We'll make your skin scaly. And now you have dragon blood. And they think that they're is better that than humans. a metaphor for doing it? No. No. That's literal dragon scales. No, it's literally they were just like, here you go. Here's some dragon blood. And then they had scales and now they're dragonborn. It was done with magic, not with the power of love. I feel like there's a huge disagreement there because humans don't – humans wouldn't like dragonborn because dragonborn gave up on humanity. So what's what's the current uh, dragonborn culture like? Are are you – did decide that dragonborn are the most powerful. Yes, they're currently on top because dragons are in charge of this cycle. And yep. with them, with and that would make sense that they were humans that decided that they were going to. So I mean, but politically, like if gift. we were to if we were to match them up with some historical major power, what are they like? Are they like? Uh, is it like oh, Britain man. when they were on top? Are they like Rome? Are they like the Roman Empire? Are they like the Mongols and that everyone is very peaceful because they don't want to get murdered? <laughs> They know they'll all fight if all the fight no, starts. I, I don't think the Mongols would fit because at least the dragonborn – a lot of the dragonborn here would obviously be uh, from the gold dragon that is in charge of the island. Of course. Um, it's a major power. Here. Let me get back to you on how uh, – like what empire I could make a parallel to. Boo. Now, um, this, that question though, Jake, brings me to I think part of our next segment. How yes. do we borrow? How do you borrow without – Stealing. Yeah. How do you borrow? Or how do you borrow without being like? I'm going to go ahead and quote the great Matthew Colville here, who says, "You're only as good as how obscure your references are." It's true. Bingo, bingo. If you steal, you can steal from things word for word, but if your players have no idea where it comes from, you're a genius. If you're stealing from a speculative fiction book in the 1800s that only had 100 copies printed, you're a genius. Uh, If you steal from (laughs) Lord of the Rings, you look. uh, You look like a dork. Yes. Coward. (laughs) Nerd. Again. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so let's. But really quick, though, not to say that not not to say Sorry. that taking influence from 
uh, Jarrah Tolkien or Lord no, of the Rings in general is a bad thing. No, it's an excellent Just thing. don't don't have an elf in your campaign setting named Legolas and expect your players not to know where it came from. Yeah. No. Also, Joe says, guys, sorry, I have to get back to my chores. That's important. Go do your chores. We approve. But Best this will be uh, li- uh, available later to peruse at your leisure. Yes, on Facebook and SoundCloud. And I also apparently Duncan loves Matt Colville too. We, we love Matt Colville. We usually have a picture. Duncan, him, but we went with our Duncan so far, we have like two things. Really if Matthew well. Colville ever watched this show, I would literally freak out. Like Jake tweeted at him on our first he, he is senpai. No, but anyway. okay. So <laughs> we're not anyway, let's finish to, up. Hey, move, move on, move on. No, not even borrowing. We got to finish up culture really quick. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Y'all, y'all dove into borrowing before we even got done with culture. Yeah. So let's wrap up culture. How do humans feel about uh, Dragonborn culture? Oh, we hate you. Yeah, because oh, you abandoned. So you don't you Well, you don't. There's no crossover there. Guys, Jeff has no, a really interesting question. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Verheesen. Yeah. Are the various races able to climb the social ladder and reach the ranks, the social ranks of the native dragonborn and lizard folk, or will they always be beneath the native races? That is an excellent That's question. That a really is a fantastic question. question. Uh, good, good, well, good on you. Hey, who was that? From us. Who Jeffrey Verheesen. Wow. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I love good questions like this. Actually, my personal thought is I'm not obviously in charge of anything related to other than history is that Pulserax is a lawful good dragon being a gold dragon. Yeah. So she would ultimately trust her children more than anything else because they've lived a long time and are intelligent. Mm -hmm. But if somebody was able to incredibly prove themselves to her, she would probably put them on equal footing with some of her children. Yeah. See, I would like to think that Dragonborn definitely dominate with, with a gold dragon on the island. But the other, the other races that are players here, they can all. If you try to get to that level, but let's, let's kind of pigeonhole some people, right? Okay. Um, lizard folk. They are more the caretakers of this land. Like they're, they, yeah. they have a they're, leg up, but yeah, they they have a leg up, but they are also just naturally born here. You know, like this is a prime. This is like one of so we we don't have lizard fo- folk assigned yet. In about two weeks, we're going to do another draft just to finish up all the the tidbits. Yeah. Um. But we'll say for now, the the lizard folk. Um. You know, like this is a pretty major spot for lizard folk, and so while they do take up probably a meaty percentage of the population, probably about forty to fifty percent of the population, um, they just view it more as taking care of their home. Like yeah, they don't have a social farming, advantage. A lot of the like shellfish harvesting. So, would you say that their culture is fairly similar to uh, the way that Native Americans viewed the land? Yeah. Well, okay. I'd say more like Iroquois. Well, Clint, I don't know, but I would say maybe they would be like the halflings compared to like if lizard born lizard folk and dragonborn. Are to what halflings and so humans dragonborn are. Oh, okay. Humans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. They're okay. everywhere, but they—they're very. I'm not sure I'd call them humble so much as they. It. This is my personal opinion. It's their sacred duty to do what a Pulserax asks them. Yeah, and they're not going to object. They don't really have any other business. Offensive. Yeah, uh, yeah. because the dragon. only other god they she worship is them. Maiden Mother and Crone, which is the god of seasons and birth, endings and beginnings. Yep, a Pulserax is like yeah. So sure, she shelters them. Yeah, they help her and protect her young. Yeah. So I guess and the I, I guess dragonborns uh, would probably also have a pretty, just a natural higher leg up oh, in society. Definitely. So relation between dragons and so dragons. Just start in like this hierarchy. Most people start in at the first level. Dragon uh, lizard folk start at third level, and dragonborns start at fifth level in society, so to speak. Yeah. 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 Um, I agree with that. At the same time, though, this is it's its own country. It's his own city-state, uh, mm. sovereignty, however you want to declare it. But, you know, because if, you know, because we could still make this a sovereign nation of yeah. Dragonborn lands. Who a knows? small island nation. She, she's apart from them. She doesn't want any of their business. Okay, so, so. It's, it's its own nation. Um, 
anybody who is born here or lives here, let's just put this out there. Anybody who is born because this is a pretty lawful good thing, right? Yeah. Uh, anybody who's born here, you know, um, or has lived here for like let's say twenty years, maybe. Yeah, ten to you know ten to twenty years, or has had permanent residence here for twenty years is or like a, own, owns a business and wants to and like doesn't own a business elsewhere. Yeah, you could take public office yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, they could. Yeah, they can have decisions. So it's you know this like is an a, alderman system. Ultimately, yeah. what I like about this idea of this set, uh, this place because we all have very uh, you know we're going to get to this in a couple of the upcoming episodes, but we all have very intense. <laughs> Feelings. Feelings about what each of our races are doing. Yes. And they're all very specific. Um, uh, but this is this is the melting pot. This is where everyone gets – you can't fight each other. But you can go and have a drink together and understand that you're not so different. Yeah. And you're also – I can agree with that. Like you got to – there's hmm, – there is ultimately a social contract here. That do not wear the pulse racks. Well, that's – no, that's, that's rule number one of Fight Club. But rule number three of Fight Club at this point is that – a lot of people from all over the world come here to start over. Yes. This is where you go to forget yourself and to find yourself. Yeah, you can again. be from the incredibly strict, justice driven humans and you know, if you're a bit of a bit of a thief, a bit of a crook, might be able to start over. You know, if you're uh if you're a dwarf who doesn't like sacrificing people to the who sun god. Maybe you know, maybe splitting people open and letting them bleed to death on top of a stone altar is probably pretty evil. And you don't like up. that. It's a little messed up, dog. You can come here and say, yeah. you're not going to chase me anymore because I'm, you know, disagreeing with your horrible things. Yeah. I'm going to go meet with this crook human guy. All those talk people. About these all things. those people have a spot here at the table. Now, let's talk about borrowing and let's talk about blending cultures. Oh, and yes. then we're going to wrap yeah. up for the day because we've got about, uh, got about 18 minutes of show left. Yeah. yeah. We got some time, but yeah. not so, that much time. So – I think the easiest. By the way, though, one more time, Jeff. Great question. So, seriously, thank you. Let's that get back to, to the. About. Yeah, let's give. Uh, let's talk about blending. Though. All right. And so, I think the easiest blending and borrow. Yeah, well, the let's easiest let's, example let's, of blending would be what we just did earlier on the podcast: is blending geographies together, where you can say, "Hmm, the sort of like setting and look of a place, like uh, Mont Saint Michel, is a castle in France that is only accessible at low tide by." foot or car mm. uh, and even then it's like super low tide because it's very mushy it's and a pain. sandbar yeah right? well, meanwhile Hong Kong is an island all the time um, yeah it's a castle built on a sandbar which I do not recommend as a geologist no. uh, perhaps foolish yeah. I don't I, I, I don't want to say that like we, we're saying it's the melting pot and it is because we yeah. have so many different races that are coming here but the way that I'm thinking about this like the way that it makes sense to me is say you have hill dwarves Right. Yes. They live in the hills. There is not a whole lot of water around them. So you go, you come here, and there's a bunch of seafood that they wouldn't normally eat, but they still like the taste of dwarven spices. Oh yeah. So then all of a sudden you start to have like dwarven seafood dishes that you wouldn't see. Clint, I wasn't finished. But that's a really good. That's point. a good point. Yeah. I'm no, sorry. I like that a lot. And now saying. I'm. Yeah. No. But um, you can sort of blend. Like I like the look of Roman buildings, but let me put them in the jungles of Brazil. You know, that's a really yes. easy way to blend cultures and settings without sort of getting into like kind of racist stuff or stuff that like I don't actually know <laughs> if, anything if you about end up at any point like, ancient China you know and so you don't end up you know shooting yourself in the foot or st- putting your foot in your mouth I think if you end yeah. up at any point with orcs and painted wooden masks and like, stop like spears and pots just close your just, document put it in the trash <laughs> yeah, it can be so actually let's you need let's to call us about no that. really quick let, this is actually a very important discussion to have when it comes to world building yeah right because it's it, it's something that I don't think that a lot of people would want to acknowledge but we have to. Yeah, it's the cultural stereotypes come out as soon as you start to world build, and uh, it 
it's hard. It can be hard to fall into that trap. So let's yeah. go. Let, let me go from let me go from personal say. experience here uh, with something that was a little difficult. Um, so when I started DMing about four or five years ago, yeah, and I started working on Alan, my setting, um, I needed. You know, for me, I like I like having everything airtight. I like to have everything make sense. And Following not, in the footsteps of George R. R. Martin. You know, I I just like to About have whom make not sure. Going to speak. Other than that, I, I just he has like very airtight airtight world building. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I just I just want everything to make sense. Uh, so I needed a place it was logical and distant, and yet a world power uh, where certain things that you're accustomed to players wanting like katanas and stuff would come from. Mm-hmm. So I needed to add Asiatic culture and the only Asiatic culture that I'm actually familiar with that I've actually done reading on is Japanese culture. Uh, specifically mid, you know, about 15th and 16th century. You're Japan. talking like 1400 to 1600 before Tanishigama became popular. Pretty much. Yes. Um, so I took that and I made that my elves. I made that my high elves. It now, makes sense, all told, honestly. Yeah. Um, now, the difficulty in what came from that was, A, a lot of people wanted to play elves that weren't Japanese. Because I would be like, well, you, you know, like. You, I you, you, you I, mean, I like my character? Now, to take a brief step, um, you're playing a half-elf in my setting at the moment. Yeah. And the this is kind of racist, so please bear with me, but. Um, the elves in my setting are sort of sub-Saharan Africans, specifically the Zulu and Igwa people. Okay. He's playing a sort of French elf, which okay. which is obviously a di- distinct stereotype, but it's not quite Zulu elves. Well, no. see, at the same time, though, I was never informed of that because I would have I, I made, reworked you the character. It, yeah. I made mistakes in the brief rundown of make a pamphlet which just says exactly what your races are like so people understand. Kind of like my character in your setting. I didn't know that the elves were uh, essentially the parallels to Japanese culture. Well, at the same time, when I started running the Wednesday game, I just thought it was going to be a one-shot that got yeah, that's, way out of hand. That, that's true. Yeah, that went on. It's still going on. There's a fun trivia fact for you. Make a handout. If you've written a full world, make a handout and give it to your players to explain the brief stuff like these – these People are, are vaguely cities. based on yeah. what? These are the main cities. If you need other questions, ask me. Yeah, like this is – here, write a brief backstory. Use but, this. That being said, Tamlin yeah. Westfield is still my favorite character in that game. But – Tamlin Westfield. Sorry. But Wamlin to the main point. Yeah. <laughs> to the main point though, um, it's still difficult because I have a lot of players who just want to play like – Legolas. They, yeah, they want to be Legolas or they want to be – Rambo. They want to be some Tolkien-esque elf and they don't want it to necessarily have to be Japanese. At which point I've got to make caveats. Yeah. I've got to make certain allowances for players. Um, not only that, but then there's also just that occasional gut feeling of like, you know, you got to look at stuff and you've got to really do that hard research to make sure that you are portraying a culture accurately and yeah. you're not just, you know, like. Doing the most offensive thing possible. Yeah, like I've never once had an elf speak in English. I've never once yeah. had an elf. Thank God. Yeah, your character. Yeah, character voices can be very tricky in this way, but also, again, I think character voices and characterization is a well, whole other well, episode. There's yeah, there's a fine line. I, I I guess to, to wrap it up before we get too deep into that and we start to get into very sensitive topics, I I feel like the best way that we can sum this up is there's a fine line between inspiration and appropriation. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. Yeah, um, um, just – well, you know, long story short, appropriation is when you just take the culture. Without researching sale. anything. Yeah. Without, yeah. Not only that though. It's when you take the culture and you do not give it its proper roots. Like 
everybody who plays with me knows that my high elves are Japanese elves. Yes. You know, they're Japanese. And that's why I say you you use Japanese culture as an inspiration. That reminds me. When you reboot your setting, remind me to play a Heian period elf. Cool. Will do. Many layers of robe. But – Paint my teeth black to look beautiful. If you're here, here's here's the moral of the story, though, kids. Uh, if you're feeling very uncomfortable, like if you think, for example, <laughs> this is okay. If you look at something and you're like, culturally, that's really cool. Say you want to do, let's say, let's make Dragonborns like uh, Dragonborns have Indian culture, like yeah, uh, you know, yeah, like Hindu, you know, yeah. yeah. Maybe that not the caste system, but definitely. 400, BC, uh, 400 AD Indians. Basically. You know, say you want to do, like, you know, you're like, okay, I want to have Indian, you know, because, I mean, right now, Indians are the second most populous people on the earth. Um, Soon to be most populous people. Mm, yeah, about yeah, to be the most populous. <laughs> Sorry, India. You know, if you want to do that and you want to, like, add that culture to your game, but you don't want to disrespect it, then honestly, go to your damn library. Yeah, and Google. also, yeah, do I was some about reading. to say, Jake, that's a kind of bad idea because India is actually like 20-some yeah, very distinct kingdoms and okay. city-states. 20-some yeah. no, is I mean, probably understanding you, yeah, it. Yeah, that's why, that's why I didn't <laughs> are you, say There, there are over 100 different dialects in India. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. Why do you Free think that, that's Use a perfect you need for a dragon But yeah, you have to the, – the, these are the types of things that we're talking about. You can't, you can't just go off of the – you have to do the research. You have to do the work there so, if you want to take uh, cultural inspiration without – being the possibility of offending one of your players. So uh, ultimately, I suppose the best way to think this is take take hints. Don't take the entire thing because that's almost yeah. – I hate to say it, It's almost lazy to say I'm just going to make the dwarves but they're Scottish, which is the usual thing people do of course. But you, get, you have to sort of like take only hints of it and work with your own. It's – it's hard, but it's not insurmountable. Jake feels attacked right now. I'm sorry. Oh, Jake, you and everyone who has made dwarves in the last 50 years. I know. I know. <laughs> there is literally a character in Jake's game that all he does really is say, all right, with an eight, or not a, a Scottish accent. I know you haven't been there in a couple of weeks now, but he's now the one true king of the dwarves. All yes. right. Yes. <laughs> Thanks to Br- me. Brunor. <laughs> Brunor in the greatest one-word tagline of D&D history. All right. All right. So the thing is, is that taking hints – or other settings. You you can believe I've done this before. You can take entire cultures and sort of transplant them, and there's some work to be done there. And you can do some research; it'll be fine. But yeah. at the same time, you'll offend less people. And I know this is kind of a weird thing to say. You'll offend less people if you only take hints of things and you f- mix in your own random elements of other stuff. All right, guys. Yeah, that's that's why I like architecture so much. We've got nine minutes. All right, and I've got to plug the giveaway at least one more time. Yep. But before we do that. All right, we figured out. I, th- I think we know Riragon pretty well at this point. Yeah, this is. I, I feel like this is the point where we were talking about earlier, where you're like, let your players do some of the legwork. We have now done most of the legwork that we can do. So and at this point, your players, your your players' interaction with people and things like that will help flesh out the world and make it more realistic. And on the off chance that you do steal Riragon, just let us know how it goes. Do it. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. Use, yeah, use this in your campaign setting. Throw this island in there randomly and then message us and let us know how we're it goes. We're not going to trademark it. Just take no, it. We're, yeah, we're no, going to be putting all of our... It's free. You we'll, can, you yes. Can, we'll it's cover yours. our eyes Happy and leave it on the table. Of Happy course. 2018, it's yours. We're um, going to be putting all of our information that we work through on the podcast available on our website eventually when, when we go through all the segments. Of course, you can make it fit how you, however yeah. you have your campaign setting. Have the the uh, r- racial uh, interactions. But there's one more thing. Be what they there's, are in your world. There's one more thing. We're listening. Yeah. I'm interested. 
who's the villain in Rearagon? Ooh. Who's who's the one who's who's the bad apple in Rearagon? You mean is, other than the dwarves? Other than the dwarves. No, no, no. They're, who's they're the just rude boys in general? You know, I have an interesting thing for you. Who's that one person who's I would say that the the one of the bad guys that we could see here is a dragonborn conspiring to take the island away. Yeah. There's a thought. Maybe maybe a dragon maybe, who's may, not a gold. Maybe, maybe an maybe actual dragon. Dragon. Yeah, like an actual maybe. dragon. With or, a well, we dragon did board. say we did say that there was a coral reef nearby. Maybe it's a black dragon hiding out near the coral reef because black dragons do like to hang out in the water. Oh yeah, very good. That's a good one. So we've got somebody conspiring to take yeah, us away. Maybe there's some some like yeah. black dragon dragonborns. Okay. In the city. What about uh, what about other people who are just. Uh, Really good obstacles. Let's let's create a couple of unique NPCs, just okay. rapid fire style. Get the bell ready. We okay. got. We, we um, need three dings. All right. All let's, right. I got one. No, you know what? Everybody, we're gonna go down the line. We're gonna have four interesting NPCs. Each. Uh, oh, no, no just each, a yeah, person. Yeah. <laughs> come, come on. Okay. Uh, do you want me to start? I've got a good one. I've got one right now. All right. Uh, you first, perhaps then. All Helen, right. All right. Helen Ladies first. first. Helen first on the bell. Uh. Uh. Well. Willardy, the antiques dealer, he has all sorts of weird stuff, sometimes magical, sometimes just a really nice table. Uh, but all of this stuff can be a lot of old stuff. Sometimes uh, Miss Golden Dragon, I forget her lovely name. Uh, a Pulsarax. Yeah, a Pulsarax. Sometimes she gets bored of stuff, and sometimes he has to find new new interesting things for her. Junksol. Oh, go ahead. He's a dwarven trader. Okay. okay. He wants slave trade to be legal because that's his greatest <laughs> moneymaker. Okay, yes. Money they're, making. They're bad people, okay? That's, that's what I'm trying to get out here is we're not having the orcs as the main threat. We're having the dwarves. Uh, Junksal wants slave trade to be legal, and he wants things to be more free for trade. So less taxes, even less than 2%, and anything can be traded in. Fantasy NAFTA. Boo. Where are we going? <laughs> okay, so hang on really quick just as uh extension onto yours is uh, – is he head of like a criminal empire? Has he? Or is he like he's head of the of the is Hill Dwarven Trading Organization. Oh yeah, oh, he's, he's, yeah. He's basically an ambassador. Yeah. So he he he's he's he almost funds. untouchable. Okay, so yeah, but he, does he fund like local criminal commerce? Of course, things like that. He funds about I'd say sixty percent of the local criminal organizations have some payroll for him to get contraband into the city. Okay, also, Willardy's a tiefling. Yeah, he's yeah. just a weird dude who loves treasure. All right. <laughs> Because everybody loves taverns. Yes. Marcus, the tavern owner, he's a human. He's in the pocket of the humans. Uh, and he gets paid to give travelers of non-human descent false information. All right. Hmm. That's a good one. Hmm. Very Damn, interesting. Like very, si- very simple. He may not be somebody that causes a, a huge of- obstacle for your players. But like say two elves walk in and they start asking the bartender some information about the island. A lot then- of pamphlets. A lot of yes. pamphlets about how you shouldn't be here drinking. Yes. A labeled drawer full of pamphlets. About, about how like, oh, uh, you should live a life elves, free from sin. You know? Yes. In 100%. the flounder pounder. In the flounder pounder. No, I, I don't oh, think no. you can do the flounder pounder when humans are like that lawful. <laughs> All right. Yeah, again, how Maybe funny the... are you going to be with your location names? Like, It's a, it's a chain, okay? It's a chain. <laughs> it's a chain. The flounder pounder is medieval Applebee's. That's exactly what I was about to say. But Jake. And boom, Jake. Okay. Dario Steiner. All right. George R. R. Martin coming out there. Dario. Human. Yep, Dario. Dario. Human paladin uh, who sees this great co- uh, combination of cultures as a wretched abomination. Uh, that humankind and elven kind and dwarven kind and all other kinds should not meet together. And should he is so. Mixed. 
yeah, should not be mixed. And he is so thorough in his conviction that he has managed to score himself some vengeance paladin powers. So um, like, he basically stalks the city at night looking for people committing what he considers sin. Uh, this is this is a great encounter character. Like get this, ambushed by a tenth level paladin and flee for your if life. If your party yeah. if your okay, party is made up of anything other than all humans, this guy is going to give you a like, bad time. This guy, one race. This guy got kicked out of the paladin order because he was too hardcore. <laughs> like, like he took to the chill. rules too seriously. You need to chill. Um, and he was on. like, uh uh-uh. uh. That, that's a plus three stick up your ass. Like. <laughs> It, you know, it's ultimately a conceit that I love, though, is like the paladin who takes the, like he, the paladin with no chill. Right. The paladin who has uh, like zero to give on relaxation. So, yes, Dario Steiner. Um, Judge Dredd of paladins. Dario uh, Steiner. Judge Dredd goes, dude, you need to calm down. Calm down. Like <laughs> he's chill. Yeah. Like he sees somebody drinking in public and he just starts doing some. Uh, Rorschach from Watchmen stuff where he's just like you are the abomination you are the whore from the abyss how dare you fucking fall into the <laughs> smite you know yeah. so well Artie is like the drunkest dude on Antiques Roadshow <laughs> yeah also, we've got like we've got the so, drunk guys, guy from Antique Roadshow. We've got slavers, worst Judge Dread, worst Judge Dread, a kind of racist tavern owner. Yeah. Yes, All he right, has so. really good beer though. Okay. Yes, guys. he does. That's our hey. That's our city for the day. All right, we're uh, we got about two minutes left. So yeah. thanks everybody for tuning in. If you're new, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you at least watching. World we're here every fun. yeah. We're here every mm-hmm. Sunday, typically at four. We go usually go four to five today. We just ran a little bit of late. Yep. Um, Let's see. We've got a contest going on. We're trying to yep. grow our Facebook. Uh, so our Facebook page, if we, you can go to our Facebook page, the 3DMs Podcast Facebook page, and give us a like. We are giving away two D&D books once we get to 500 likes. Mm-hmm. So um, go ahead. Share this video. Uh, share yep. the message. You know, hey, uh, these guys are giving away books. And we are going to, once we hit 500, give – uh, one of you lucky listeners, a book of your choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a one in five hundred chance. A it's better than the lottery. Actually, yeah. no, it's more like one in two hundred fifty because there's two books. Remember? Oh yeah, we are doing two. Yeah, we're That's doing right. two. So you got a one in two fifty. He said. He said one. Uh, one of you lucky viewers. So yeah, two. That's actually pretty good odds, all told, since it doesn't cost you absolutely anything. Yeah. <laughs> Other than your time and enjoyment. Yeah, yeah like one second. So. Um, to piggyback off of what Jake said, thank you all for listening. We can't do this stuff without you. Your views, your shares, your likes will help us fund this show so that way we can continue to bring this type of content to you guys. And I think I can speak for all of us when I say we have a hell of a time doing this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Live fun. interaction is one of the most fun parts of this podcast, and we always love hearing from you, be it uh, live on our shows or even just commenting later on whenever the, yeah. fight, whenever so, the feeling strikes you. Let's finish it up. Uh, we got a Patreon coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, we're just getting content ready for that. We want the content to be actually quality and not crap. So We're also finishing up the website. It's technically so live, and if you want to throw us money, we send us a message. Appreciate it, but we're, we're not, not going to link it. We're not going to do all that right now because it's, not it's, it's just not ready yet. Um, working on it. From there, we, we're going to be doing this all month, the world-building conversation. So if you have any questions or caveats or things you would like to add to our world building, please send us a message here on Facebook or find us on Twitter. Uh, 3DM's podcast is usually the easiest way to do it. Yep. Uh, we will be posting all of our world building resources that we are using uh, ourselves and then also what we come up with on our website later when we're done at the end. I was of the just about to say that. I think yeah, that we start, should be I'm posting gonna, our maps and Yeah, I'm going to start like posting uh, resources uh, like tonight, but um, mm-hmm. start posting our actual stuff when we have it finished. Yeah, but, but 
I just blasted it's myself in the face with a headphone. <laughs> All right. It's time for us to wrap up today. I'm Jake. Uh, I'm Helen. I'm Paul. <laughs> I didn't know you were playing. Are you Helen? I Are don't you? know. What about you? I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and that's our show for the day, guys. Uh, <laughs> please get in touch with us. We love you. Hope you love us. Happy New Year, y'all. Happy Roll New on. Year. Wait for it.